thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. Today we're going to be talking about the benefits of exercise when it comes to managing mental health, in particular around the topic of PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder or post-traumatic stress injury. And to do so, I've brought on Beck Lawther, who is a police officer with the Victorian Police Force uh, down in Melbourne, um, and who has also co-founded a personal uh, training company called Triple Zero Fit, which runs fitness sessions specifically for those who are struggling with PTSD. And given sleep disruption alone can certainly impair our mental health and well-being, which of course is something that is very prevalent amongst the shift working population. I'm really, really looking forward to um, this conversation. So to talk more about exercise, um, mental health and uh, PTSD, I'd like to give a warm, uh, friendly Victorian welcome to Beck Lawther. How are you going? Oh, very well, thank you. And thank you so much for having me on your, um, on your podcast. This is uh, really exciting stuff. Yeah, great. Well, I, I heard um, good words about you that somebody put me in contact <laughs> and recommended that we that I get in touch with you. So um, yeah, which is again why I'm really kind of excited to sort of hear what you what you're kind of doing and, and what you're up to. But I suppose first um, first and foremost, uh, Beck, I'd like to kind of I suppose learn a little a bit more about you um, and I suppose what's kind of led you up to doing the work that you're now doing. And was it were you always wanting to be a police officer? Um, so basically, well, I joined the police force when I was um, 22. So I've, now that I look back at that, which was um, 16 years ago, um, I thought, oh, gee, that's you know, that's so young to be you know out there mm. and exposed to all that sort of stuff. But um, I certainly don't regret it. Like that was, you know, I, I feel like I was ready, and um, and that's just you know the way things worked out, I guess. So, um, yeah, I worked operationally um, and, and still am an operational police um, officer for 16 years and then um, sp- specifically in um, highway patrol. So I spent uh, the majority of my, my career so far in highway patrol, 12 years there. And um, obviously, you know, that means that you're exposed to, you know, some of the, the more graphic um, incidents of policing like uh, car crashes and um, all that other horrible stuff. And um, what instigated the program um, for me or made it something that I'm certainly passionate about was that um, I did work with some members that unfortunately got PTSD or PTSI um, due to their work over either, you know, over a specific incident or over a, a protracted period of time, so multiple incidents. And um, I found that there wasn't a lot of different support networks out there um, for them uh, to encourage sort of supplementary therapies sort of outside the general scope of what we uh, would generally um, treat PTSD patients with. So uh, my partner and I, Jay, uh, we own the company Triple Zero Fit uh, together and we created this program called PT for PTSD and that was basically just to really give people an opportunity to utilize exercise as that supplementary therapy along with you know everything else but you know the the amazing um physiological um changes that happen to the body when we exercise that make us feel good 
um, can also be really beneficial to people um, that have these mental health injuries. So that's sort of how it began. I was a little bit passionate about it because I had first-hand experience and um, there's not really – sometimes you can feel like your hands are tied and you can't do anything. But, um, you know, Jay and I are lucky enough to be experienced, you know, with that sort of – in that fitness area that we thought perhaps we can do something and start the ball rolling. Oh, right. Okay. And so did you experience, uh, um, you know, bouts of PTSD yourself? Because I know that, uh, you know, some people go, will go through the police force and it, you know, severely affects them, others not so much. Was it something that you kind of experienced as well? No, I'm, I've been pretty lucky actually. Um, I haven't suffered from any PTSD, um, but I've certainly been touched by the people that I've worked with and and just to give you, a, you know, a little bit of a better understanding of, you know, how common it is, mm. it was more than 30% of my office um, suffered from PTSD. You know, so we're talking about, you know, a, a good number of people and, and all of them, um, you know, had different symptoms. Some were able to continue working. Unfortunately, some, some weren't um, and have been, you know, since medically discharged and I guess um, for me, that sort of made me assess perhaps my own um, mental health um, and, you know, the capacity um, that I had taken on and perhaps the propensity for me to develop PTSD and take a more of a proactive approach to it. And so with that in mind, um, earlier this year, I decided that um, to have a break from operational policing and go into the training environment just to have, you know, a rest for a couple of years and before I head back out in the road and, and do what I love doing. So we're just trying to take a, you know, take a, a bit of a better analysis of your own situation and, and try and um, get in front before it gets in front of you, if that makes sense. Mm, definitely, yeah, a proactive, um, a kind of proactive approach. And I suppose, yeah, working in the training area now, it's it's not only given you a, a mental break but also a physical break too because at the moment you are having a bit of a reprieve from working shift work, I would think. Is that right? Well, yeah, that's exactly right. I've now got um, for the first time since I was a, a young girl, I've, ha- I've got a sleeping pattern. I'm working Monday to Friday. Um, I'm eat- obviously, I'm eating better because it might, you know, I've got more, I'm working within my circadian rhythm. So, you know, it's all of these other benefits that go along with it and it doesn't, you know, Unfortunately, um, people don't often think about just having a break from what they're doing or they don't have the ability to or they don't think that they can. They, they have to, you know, keep keep going hammer and tong until something falls off. But, mm. um, you know, there's no, there's no reason why if you have that capacity to, to take a, a desk job or take a, a training job for a couple of years and, and just let your body reset, you know, that it's been – doing all these amazing things for you and you've been abusing it um, for so long with poor sleep and poor food and, you know, irregular exercise to be able to stop and, um, and reset, I think, will will certainly give me a lot more longevity in my career. And, um, you know, I've still got another 20 years before I can retire, which is, you know, when you look at it in that aspect, I've got to do something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think, yeah, I think that's really good. That's a sound advice, actually. Um, yeah, being able to have, hit a bit of a reset button if if that is something that they kind of want to want to do or they're feeling that that, that they, they definitely need to be doing that. Yeah. I, I do know people that have gone and I, actually, I, well, even myself, I kind of did something similar. I took a break and did training for three years as well. I guess in my industry, yeah. and, and it was the first time since I was twenty something as well to 
you know, work Monday to Friday, get up at the same time, go to bed at the same time, weekends off. It's yeah. like the weird. It's very strange. Yeah. Yeah, um, it is, it is. But it also gives you different perspectives too because the grass is not always greener on the other side and there's definitely perks um, about it. But, yeah, good on you for, um, yeah, going down that path to at least um, as a different option. So I suppose um, – now, um, I'd really like to kind of learn a little bit more about and you, the program that you have, that you are running, um, mm. Beck, called PT for, I love it, PT for PTSD. It's really catchy. Um, can you share a little ab- about, you know, some of the specifics um, about the programs? So, it really was developed because um, we had some clients uh, who had PTSD Um Specifically, the issue came about when uh, there was a, a lack of punctuality in relation to attending sessions, you know, either running late or not turning up at all, or late, late minute cancellations, and just trying to work out why, why that was happening. And it, it was really quite simply explained to me, um, and I think everybody can probably relate to this, is that if we want to get up and go to the gym, we have to make, you know, maybe two or three decisions. If you're going in the morning, say you wake up, you, you have to get out of bed, jump in the shower, jump in the car and go to the gym. And most of those decisions generally, you know, we might come up against, a, you know, one or two difficult ones. Like if you wake up and you haven't had a lot of sleep and you just, you know, you're having that conversation in your head about whether you're still going to go. Um, but for somebody that's got PTSD, uh, those decisions are broken down into even smaller groups. So not only do they have to make that commitment and beat the anxiety associated with going to the gym, but the decisions come down to, okay, first of all, I have to try and get myself out of bed physically. And if I can achieve that, then I have to go and get myself in the shower. Then I have to choose what clothes I'm going to wear. Then I'm going to have to put the clothes on. Then I have to pack a gym bag. So, you know, and so on and so forth. And then eventually, if you do get in the car and get to the gym, you have to make that decision to get out of the car and open the door to go into a room full of people that you may not feel 100% comfortable with. So mm. it really opened our eyes to how much um, or how distressing that can be for someone that's suffering from um, PTSD and associated anxiety disorders. Um, so we wanted to take that decision-making out of the process and all you have to do is get up and out of bed and open the door for us. And we will come to you and we train you and in your own home and in your area that's a safe area uh, so that we can take those decisions, those difficult decisions out for you so that you can still achieve what needs to be achieved. Because as we know with PTSD and a lot of other sort of uh, depressive um, disorders, uh, there's a downfall and to a, a lot of these that people may not realise. And some of those medications that are used to help treat PTSD and depression cause significant weight gain and, mm. and a, you know, plethora of other terrible yep. side mm. effects that, that make that circle even uh, more difficult to break out of. So, um, and it makes you feel horrible and your self-esteem goes down. And then, of course, who wants to go to the gym when you feel, you know, like you've put on weight or you uh, plus trying to balance that sort of group. Um, or public anxiety and you know it's, it, it just ends up being too difficult um, and then we start doing these other things which of course you know about um, with nutrition about eating badly and comfort eating and you know doing something to make ourselves feel better because nothing's making us feel better 
So we're just trying to break that cycle a little bit so that there things are a little less difficult. And, you know, when, if you're off work, especially in emergency services, um, if you're off work, the stress, the financial stress that goes along with that as well um, can be just as debilitating. And, and trying to fork out for personal training or going to the gym um, can, can just be something that's just not affordable for people. So we've tried, so the, the whole service that we offer is free. Um, and it's free as long as the, um, the person is off work or on a return to work program. Um, and our goal um, is to get people going to the gym on their own. That's our goal. So however that happens, um, uh, through whatever path, that, that's, that's our end goal is getting people exercising them on their own com- confidently and comfortably in whatever environment they choose to do that. Mm, I love how you've really taken a step back and analysed the situation and to, got, to get to the kind of root cause of, yeah, yeah, why weren't they showing up and really reversed engineered it backwards to kind of find it, okay, well, what can we do to to bring it kind of closer and make it easier for them and, and yeah, like coming to them in their house. I mean, that's just such a brilliant um, idea, Beck, because it's, uh, I mean, you're also making sure that they're, well, they're getting the benefits from the exercise, um, which I know that you're going to go into it a bit more in a second, but also the social aspect of just even if it's one other person, I think it's, I think that connection, well, we know the longest living people are very social, um, according yeah, to the blue zones and, and all that kind of yeah. stuff. It's a, it's an important element of our health and yeah. well-being is that, that kind of social aspect. But I can, you know, I suppose appreciate that yeah, when you're that, that element of overwhelm by all those steps that you just went through then that can go through the head, it's no wonder um, yeah. that you would become almost paralysed to yeah. just go, no, nah, it's kind of all too hard. So I just I think that's, a, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And but, I, but, again, with your ultimate goal, as you said, is to eventually get them coming down um, to their gym on their own accord, which is um, – Yeah, that's just on that pack mentality, you know, mm. being social, that's really amplified in emergency services. Um, police, fire and ambos independently but also together as, an, as, a, as first responders yeah. have the most intense, um, I'll use a very old term of, uh, of um, you know, camaraderie um, and brotherly love, to, you know, to put it yeah. in an old-fashioned old way, yeah. that when somebody goes off work uh, – through any illness at all, or even retirement, they become extremely isolated. We're really good at being comrades in the job, but when somebody leaves the pack, it's like any other animal. We just leave them behind. There's no. We're really terrible at checking in with people and keeping them in that loop. So we have to. That isolation is really magnified when you're talking about people in emergency services specifically, because you know we do work in this life or death saving, um, life saving sort of uh, mentality where you put a lot of trust into people. So, um, yeah, it's the symptoms and the after, the after effects are even, you know, more shocking um, in relation to that as well. So mm, it's important yeah. to know that they're still part of, you know, they're part of the, the brothers part of the band yeah as as other another big kind of shift working family <laughs> that you know yeah. that 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 it, that it is as well so i'm really because i don't have a background in personal training or anything like that it's it's definitely not my kind of area of expertise but i really would like to kind of um, get your insights in exactly how does you know fitness improve our mental health and well-being well i guess um 
the as far as the physiological components of it, it's really quite it's really quite basic. You know, the, all of those things that make us feel good. Um, you know, whether it be buying something new or um, you know, an exciting life event or anything, that they're all the same. Um, amazing hormones that are produced when we do sort of, you know, this moderate to high intensity exercise. And so um, there's been so much research into uh, those feel-good hormones mm-hmm. that really um, replicate the kind of uh, thing that, that some antidepressants do as well. So that's exactly what we're doing. We're sort of helping the the body create those antidepressants naturally and but it's not just that you know it's not just the physiological components where we're sort of um, tackling that self-esteem part of it as well we're tackling that one-on-one you know I'm spending some time with you you feel and cared for you know when when people think about um, you know popping into the doctor if you've got there's something wrong with you and we look at the average time somebody spent with their GP they're not really cared for you know in mm. seven days. so we've got that sort of one-on-one time where where somebody knows that time has been put aside especially voluntarily um, to then help them feel better about themselves either through weight loss or through just um, general muscle building or just through general cardio fitness where we're setting some small goals, small achievable goals, so that they feel like they're ticking a box. And especially with emergency services that all have some sort of background, there's always a fitness test involved in, you know, getting into one of these um, departments. That mm. some yeah. sort of I would have failed. I wouldn't have made it. <laughs> <laughs> So we're working with people that at some point we're, you know, have been athletic or understand the athletic or tactical athlete component to, to being in emergency services and, and then being able to utilise um, those skills to then, you know, make them feel good about themselves, build their self-esteem up, but also give them that real good pump of those excellent hormones that make us feel like we've, you know, we're amazing. Um, and the then, endorphins and the dopamine and exactly stuff like that. Yeah. So all of those, you know, magical, you know, there's loads of them, you know, that make us feel good, make us feel capable and uh, just even if it's just for a moment, make us feel like we're, you know, everything's okay and, you know, we can crack on and, and keep fighting. Mm, yeah. So how then do you – have you had moments so where you've kind of really struggled to even convince somebody – um, I guess, of those benefits of even just coming from a home visit perspective? Have you, um, you know, had any, um, I guess, resistance from that perspective? So much. It's, it is, that is ah. the hardest thing. We have a lot of people that, you know, show a bit of a keen interest. Yeah. But then still, we're still faced with the same issues and that is commitment, that is um, – you know, we can't be there 24-7. So we have – there's external factors that go on that can affect somebody training. Um, and, you know, we have a very small network of personal trainers that are volu- you know, volunteer for this. And so, um, yeah, it's been like the, – the program's been running for nearly 12 months now, but the amount of things that we've learned from it and that we keep adapting is uh, is endless. And that, you know – as much as every individual is an individual, what they need um, in relation to helping them uh, with their PTSD and the, the exercising component is also 
completely different. Some people want at-home training. Other people do not want you coming to their house. Some people would love to train with me because they know I'm a police officer. Other people don't want a bar of me and they'll only try train with Jay. Some people don't right. um, any yeah. face-to-face at all. They want online programming. They just want you to send them a program they can do on their own and they don't want any checking in. Other people want a phone call every day. So, you know, it, being transparent with everybody about what we can and what we can't do so that we don't um, have people's expectations mm-hmm. either too high or too low um, because, it, it, you know, uh, running this on our own is um, is extreme. Like, unfortunately, we have too many clients. <laughs> mm. is, so many people out there that want to utilize the service, which is fantastic. But our capabilities to give exactly what we want, you know, we could be doing this full time plus more, um, and it still not be enough. So, being able to um, really be transparent with what we are capable of giving, what we um, what we can't give, uh, and also being able to meet what they need. So if people just want an online program and, and, you know, I've got quite a few clients that I monitor online, so we just email each other and they enter all of their uh, information onto the program onto Google Sheets and I can see that live and then, you know, I can give them some feedback or they can send videos of their, you know, of what they're doing and then I can give some feedback. Um, So it might be something simple like that. Or it might be something that's a little bit more complex that requires, you know, that at-home stuff. But, you know, we're still making appointments with people and appointments are really can be really difficult to keep when you've got PTSD because you just don't know when you're going to have your next episode of anxiety or, uh, you know, any, anything else that's associated with PTSD. So it's a really difficult balance and it's, and, and it's really about communication and transparency. Yeah, and I suppose it's um, kind of where you need to, where that tipping point is to for them to sort of commit to it because I'm sure you would have had, you know, nobody kind of says, you know, I regret going to that yoga class or, no, you know, I regret, you know, like no one says it, but, you know, no, unless it, because everyone <laughs> feels, you know, you just feel so much better. You go, oh, I'm so glad I dragged myself out of bed or whatever and, and made it. And I know that, yeah, for PTSD sufferers, it is, it's a complicated um, situation, but I suppose just knowing that, you know, it's, yes, there's some hurdles to kind of get to to get to that point and then you've actually got to turn around and do the exercise. You kind of yeah, can't do and That's another thing. Um, but you just feel so, so much better and I think, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, I don't know, finding a way somehow just to so that people are aware of it, you know, afterwards, trust me, you will, yeah, you definitely won't, you're not going to regret it and you'll just feel so much better for it. Yeah, and I guess it's it's all yeah it's all good and well to be able to um, say that to to people and you know what like there's a good majority of people that do respond to that but sometimes when your your head's in a bowl of jelly mm. it's really difficult to be able to push yourself through that and yep. we know that clients that don't suffer from PTSD or any other sort of associated injury or anxiety disorder struggle still you know they still struggle like oh I just can't be bothered today or I just don't have the oh the, yeah yeah like you know the push in me to to do what needs to be done that we still need that you know that's why we have personal trainers you know <laughs> <laughs> so we're just making those decisions for you so you mm. have to you know you have to really multiply that um significantly to to even empathize with what it would be like to have um PTSD or PTSI so we're just you know we're still learning um but 
the response has been fantastic and we, we do have quite a few personal trainers on our database that we can, you know, that are volunteering their time and have got their own, you know, small group of clients. We don't like overloading um, PTs with too many clients because we, we want the quality to stay high and we don't want them to be overburdened either. It's um, uh, dealing with um, clients with, you know, significant depression and anxiety disorders uh, can you know, be very depressing and anxiety-driven for yourself as well. So we try, it's a really fine um, balance between making sure the client is getting what we want them to get and the personal trainer is not, you know, feeling um, overwhelmed. Mm. Actually, that was going to ask, I was just going to lead me on to that last question, actually, that all of your personal trainers are volunteers. Do they also come back, come from a, a policing background or an emergency services background? Uh, no, they don't. Some, yeah. some do and some don't. Okay. And, and we need to have both for that reason. Good. Because, yeah. yeah, some, some um, first responders or emergency services personnel don't want to be associated with anybody in emergency services anymore for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Um, and we need to respect that because, that you know, we don't want that to be anxiety-driven. And also sometimes when you're having conversations with people um, who are in emergency services, you can't help but talk shop. And we want to try and, you know, sort of reduce that a little bit. On the flip side, we have people that will only feel comfortable with other emergency services uh, personnel because they feel like they can relate to them better. So it's a very bespoke um, training um, setup. You know, we want to try and find the right um, trainer, the right type of program. Um, you know, we, we're, we're very quickly running out of time um, for new clients so it's about t- telling our other clients you know would you mind giving up you know if you're having two or three sessions a week would you mind giving up one of your sessions for a new um participant and they're more than happy to do that it's more about the making sure that we keep that communication open yeah um, and that transparency open so that um you know especially if you're um you're moving along quite nicely and, you know, you're really benefiting from it. Okay, well, let's look at transitioning you to doing one session with us and then a couple of sessions yourself at home with an at-home program or setting them up with a gym um, who is aware of our program and then can sort of uh, nurse that person into, uh, you know, a community space because it's about interacting um, or reintegrating mm. within the community and not just, you know, in this sort of safe space. Mm. So there is there are building blocks. Um, and we have uh, a couple of clients that have, have returned to work and have transitioned out of the PT for PTSD program but still remained in personal training either with us or with other people. And and so explaining that process, that this is not a forever thing, this is uh, something that you will build upon and, um, and transition out of. And that's not to say that the relationship between us and them will end. It's just, you know, we'll always be there, you know, to, to make sure that they're um, – uh, still on the right path and that they're getting what they need. But the idea is that they go and transition into their own local gym or their own local personal trainer um, and continue doing what they're doing without that sort of anxiety associated with um, uh, with the community. Yeah, that they would not would never have imagined doing on their own had they not exactly. sort of worked, yeah, had worked sort of yeah. with you. So, yeah. I mean, this is just, it's just such a brilliant, brilliant um, initiative, Beck. And it's something that, you know, I just think government, government funding would be just, yeah. I mean, have you sort of looked down that path or was that not really something? Um, uh, 
Peace Minister here in Victoria um, has shown some keen interest. Okay. Um, I, okay. I'm interested really yet in applying for any funding or moving into that area yet until we've really um, nutted out the ins and outs of the program and get and being able to get it into a, um, a more sort of formatted um developed program so we're still learning so much and I, I I really feel like we need to be confident with you know the what ifs before yeah. we go ahead and and try and um, get um, either government funding or, or anything like that involved um, it has already become almost too big for us to do on our own we're mm. you know we're we're really 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 busy um and not just with that program. Obviously, we've still got to work. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. The paid work, um, yeah. Yeah. So um, it would be it would be great to be able to develop it that we can then create a package that we can give to, um, say, the um, Fire Rescue Victoria for them to run themselves. And I know that they've shown some keen interest as well, their wellbeing program. Um, and I'm sure Victoria Police um, would be uh, pretty keen on something as well. But we need to be able to have that sort of in-department um, program as well as an external um, program so that um, members aren't feeling like they're um, being treated by their own company. Mm, yeah, sense, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So maybe another six or 12 months down the track um, yeah. would have sort of found your feet even more, as you said, yeah. And we just need, you know, to, to have that feedback from clients as well. Mm. To say, okay, so what did you think about this? And, yeah. and they say, okay, well, we want this. So we want, we really want to refine it and make it really polished and um, the best program that we can possibly do because you're, you're right, it is a fantastic initiative and it's, and it's gotten a lot of traction and we want to make sure that that's not something that just falls in a heap. You know, we want it to be, um, to, to be really well refined. Because mm, it's very much needed, as you've yeah already discovered, you know, being so busy, um, which is a good thing, but it's a sad thing, unfortunately, when you think of the reality of it. But definitely wonderful that you've um, yeah put this together because I'm sure that the people that are that have been a part of your program and continue to be part of your program are, are definitely very grateful for all the work that you do. Yeah, it's it's we've had some great feedback and it's been it's been really lovely to feel like we're able to contribute. Mm, wonderful wonderful well look this is just it's been an absolute pleasure um bet um chatting with you if people are wanting to kind of get in contact with you you know maybe to learn a little bit more about you know triple zero fit or the actual you know pt for ptsd program um mm -hmm. how is there a way that they can actually get in touch with you or um you know to find out sort of how they can help maybe or if um you know basically what what sort of support that you need so um, you can certainly jump on. We're on um, Facebook and Instagram. We're just developing our website at the moment, okay. the Transgrid Fit one. Yep. So they can certainly get on um, Triple Zero Fit on Facebook or Instagram. We do have a website page, which is so, so we're associated now with the Code 9 Foundation, which is a foundation that was founded in Melbourne to help support emergency services personnel with PTSD and PTSI. And they supply a whole range of different things um, to support members like, uh, you know, involve. Um, arranging people to come and help clean the house or, um, you know, food if you're struggling to cook or, uh, you know, lo lots of different sort of ways of helping to support members. And so we're kind of like we've sort of um, popped ourselves on the um, on the exercise wing, I guess, or the gotcha. fitness wing 
the Code 9 Foundation. So yep. if you jump on the Code 9 Foundation web uh, webpage, you'll certainly see the PTSD program page there and that can give you some basic information and, of course, our email address if you want to shoot us um, an email with some questions or even volunteers. So we've got – there's a little button there you can click if you want to volunteer. Uh, and we have uh, – we accept volunteers of all types. So some people just need a walking partner. So if you want to sign up to be a walking partner, you certainly don't have to be a qualified personal trainer. Um, or even a gym buddy. So if you just want to go to the gym with somebody, so somebody that's capable of going to a community gym on their own, but they just want somebody to train with, um, you can certainly sign up for that. So there's different loads of different um, ways of being able to, to volunteer and help out. Um, and the more volunteers we have, obviously, the better um, we'll be able to um, provide this service to everyone. Fantastic. All right. Well, I'll make sure I put the links up for your Facebook, your Instagram, and then the Code 9 um a website, yeah, did you say? Or yeah, that's right. Code 9 yep. website um, yep. and then go from there, at least gives them a way to, to kind of get in contact. Brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah, well, yeah, as I said, um, thank you so um, very much, um, Mech. It's been, it's been really um, really insightful talking to you and uh, I'm just, yeah, on behalf of all my listeners and, and, and everyone else I'm sure um, that's tuning in today, it will has gained a lot of um uh, insight into what you're doing it's just wonderful that there are people out there like yourself uh, that are thinking of their their workmates and uh, you know during their 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 time moments when you know things are not not going great um, for them but it's um yeah the exercise mental health thing it's it's hugely important and it's one very 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 important pillar um, when it comes to health and well-being that's for sure Excellent. Thank you so much for having me on. It's um, been an absolute pleasure. And to all those emergency services workers out there, please be proactive with your mental health and don't underestimate the value of exercise. It's uh, it, it's free and it's right at your fingertips. Mm, very wise words. <laughs> very wise words. Well, that's it uh, for another edition of the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, if you found this episode helpful, please feel free to share it with other shift workers who you think may benefit, as this will help me to spread the Healthy Shift Worker message to shift workers and organisations all around the world. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Until next time, may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be, despite working 24-7. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.